as we venture into the murky waters of everything you've been told never to bring up at holiday dinner. You'll meet a guy, someone you can trust, a battle-tested, common-sense leader who knows that an extra pair of dry socks just might save your life. That wise old sage has arrived, and he is shouting the Schmidt Show battle cry! Schmidt Heads Unite! Good morning, good afternoon, time appropriate greetings, depending on where, when, and or how you are experiencing the Schmidt Show podcast. I am your host, Brad Schmidt. Thanks for joining me. This is, in fact, the Schmidt Show. On the other side of the uh, the camera over there behind me is the HIG. Um, after a wildly frustrating um, issue with... Uh, with uh, we think it's a hard drive failure. We're, we're I, not. I, I give you a 99% uh, certainty that it is, it is a hard drive. It is a hard drive failure. We're not entirely certain there's still that 0.111% that it's possible that it, uh, it is actually something else. But after a wildly frustrating hard drive failure or whatever happened this morning, we are up and running. This is The Schmidt Show. I am, in fact, your host, Brad Schmidt. Thanks for joining me this afternoon or this morning or wherever it is or whatever it is at time that you are listening or uh, experiencing the Schmidt Show podcast. Um, interestingly enough, uh, we're going to talk about funding today, and we're not talking about Patreon. We're not talking about begging you for money. We're just talking about uh, special funding, funding for the Special Olympics. A lot of folks up in arms, a lot of folks upset about funding for Special Olympics um, being cut and then not being cut, and you know Betsy DeVos and and uh, Donald Trump and the entire administration are nothing but evil, horrifyingly bad people for wanting to cut funding to the Special Olympics. And the problem is, I think a lot of that is simply ignorance of people not understanding the whole situation, right? Like it's, I get it, it sounds bad when you say, oh, we're not gonna fund the Special Olympics anymore, right? Like what's gonna happen to the Special Olympics? Are they all gonna die? Are they all gonna, you know, is there going to be no more Special Olympics anymore? Well, that's not at all the case. I've done some research on this, and I've done some digging into the Special Olympics. And the reality is there is not nearly as big of a problem as people think. The actual funding is just shy of $18 million. It's like $17.6 million is what they're talking about cutting. And after digging into and doing some research, there's the overarching um, organization called Special Olympics which uh, raised about $129 million per year, or as of the latest numbers, I think 2017 was the latest numbers I could find. Um, they raised about $129 million, which of that was about $15 million in federal funding. So they've, they've actually raised the amount of federal funding by about $3 million since then, or just shy of $3 million since then. And out of that, eight, besides that $18 million then, they've raised about 100, or sorry, $15 million. They've raised about $114 million in 2017. Now, in addition to the, the overall Special Olympics organization, if you go to charitynavigator.org, which kind of tracks all these charities and things, um, you'll find that each individual state has its own chapter of Special Olympics that also raises income and raises money for Special Olympics. So 
for example, I believe it was Oklahoma. I looked at these. You'd have to look up the numbers. I, I don't quote me on these exact numbers, but I looked up several different states. Uh, I believe Florida, Florida raised about $12 million. Um, the Oklahoma chapter of Special Olympics raised about $5 million. I believe the North Dakota chapter where we're from raised something just shy of $2 million, like $1.9 million. Um, I think it was Kentucky raised like $11 million or something like that. Again, go look these numbers up because I'm, I'm just trying to recite these off of the top of my head. So I might have states mixed up with the numbers and whatnot. But the point being is that somewhere around a quarter of a billion dollars was raised for Special Olympics from private donors. $250 million was raised for the Special Olympics in the various state chapters, which there's actually 52 state chapters. Um, there's obviously only 50 states in the United States, but there's 52 state chapters because California has two chapters and Illinois has two chapters. So it works out to be 52 chapters instead of 50. But um, yes, I actually had somebody argue with me the other day. Well, there's only 50 states. How can there be 52 chapters? All right. Um, if you can't do math, I can't help you. If you can't do basic like addition and math, that's a, that's a different discussion. So, um, <laughs> so what we've got to, uh, there's comments already coming in on Facebook. So, um, so text messenger or Facebook commenter says, uh, if you want to help fund the Schmidt show, feel free. Yes, I could I could use $18 million from the federal government myself. So anyway, all of this to say, to come back around to that a, an organization that's raising about $250 million every year, a quarter of a billion dollars every year, I'm not sure that that $18 million from the federal government is going to destroy the organization. And these programs are not going to go away. And the other reason I say that is because not only does the the Special Olympics have this $250 billion or $250 million that they raised in 2017 and, and seems to continuously do so, their assets, according to Navi uh, Charity, Charity Navigator, is somewhere around $50 million as well. So they've got literally they've got $50 million in in cash and, and assets available to them in the event that they need to you know do something different or in the event that they lose some federal funding and so as people get all upset and want to scream and yell and hoot and holler about the special olympics and betsy devos and the department of education cutting their funding the first question i would ask is first of all why is it the federal government's job and where is it constitutionally in the, the uh, in the role of the government to fund the Special Olympics, right? I mean, this is this is the discussion that, that goes on about all sorts of things. We have this argument when we talk about funding for Planned Parenthood. We have this argument when we talk about funding for even things like Medicaid and Medicare. Those, those programs are not constitutionally uh, mandated by the federal government. And actually, according to the 10th Amendment, those things should specifically be left to the states and have nothing to do with the federal government. Not leaving out the fact that that the federal department of education shouldn't even be um, an issue in the first place there shouldn't even be a federal department of education because there's nowhere in the constitution that authorizes the federal government to maintain the federal department of education in the first place much less be funding 501c3 charitable organizations through the federal department of education the thing that gets to me is all of these people that are upset and, and are frustrated and yelling and hooting and hollering about the the funding to the Special Olympics, um, 
they most of them probably don't even donate themselves and the ones that do you know kudos to you great job for for being willing to fund your um, preferred charity but why is it my responsibility to fund your charity through tax dollars that's the other question that, 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 that i get that's frustrated that, with that well that that's to me the only question is it's not included in article one section eight of the constitution not part of the numbers. <coughs> so i don't think it's federal government's job right it's not to, to fund. so what how here's the thing we've got to you've got to start somewhere right right and so the issue is <clears throat> the, the 2020 budget uh She's cutting seventeen. Was it seventeen point six million? Yeah, seventeen point six million from the specialists. So I mean, it's not a government program, and the only reason that Trump is overriding her on this so is the optics look bad because he doesn't. Yeah, he wants the, the bad press. Yep, the optics. And so look everybody bad. likes the Special Olympics. Everybody likes the Special Olympics. Right. And so it's unpopular to, to cut know, the Special to, to cut the Special Olympics. But the reality is, is she's just doing what needs to be done. Right. And along with the Special Olympics, I think we should cut a lot. A lot further, a lot more things, and very good things, I might add. Right. Well, and here's the other <clears throat> side of that, or the other part of that discussion, too, is that that even though it's not popular, doesn't mean it's the the right, not the right thing to do, right? Like, if it's if it's unpopular, that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. You know, I mean, the, the, the idea that, that, so here's the other side of this, right? So... Special Olympics is a 501c3 organization. They are a, they are a, a charitable organization. You can donate to, to Special Olympics and get a tax break on your taxes if you want to do that. There are other organizations out there, like Autism Speaks. I have a friend whose, whose child has, is, is on the autism spectrum. And so the, the fact that the, the, um, the, the organization Autism Speaks only receives about $167,000 in, in federal funding. Um, the next question for me is, where's the $18 million for Autism Speaks? Why is there not a bunch of outrage? Why aren't all the parents of, of children who are autistic uh, shouting in the streets and screaming and yelling that their $18 million for Autism Speaks isn't coming in? Where's the, you know, the March of Dimes or the muscular dystrophy? Actually, the MDA, muscular, you remember Jerry's kids? Sure. Yeah, you know, so where the, that organization, as far as funding goes, um, is very <coughs> similar to in, in, the, um, in the realm of, of, uh, of funding, as far as fundraising goes, is very similar to the Special Olympics. They, they raise a very similar amount of money, but they only get about $400,000 in federal funding for the MDA. So where's the people that are outraged that Jerry's kids aren't getting the $18 million that they deserve from the federal government? Where is the money for the, I mean, pick a charity. It doesn't matter. Charity Water, Compassion International, World Vision, all of these organizations that feed children all around the world and, and do a wonderful, amazing things for, for children here in the United States and across the world. Like the, the, the hypocrisy in all of this is the other thing that frustrates me. If you're out there shouting and screaming and yelling and posting on Facebook how evil Donald Trump is and how evil um, Betsy DeVos is and, and all of this kind of stuff, and you're ignoring all of these other organizations that aren't getting federal funding, you're a hypocrite. Like beyond the fact that it's not, it's not a a, a federally mandated program or even a federally uh, authorized program. I mean, forget being 
mandated by the Constitution. It's not even authorized by the Constitution. Well, anything that I would argue that anything that's not in Article One, Section Eight, is not authorized by the Constitution. Yep. Well, and and it's and and you're exactly right because the Tenth Amendment says that very specific thing. Whatever is not laid out in the Constitution specifically is left up to the states. Now, I'm obviously paraphrasing. That's not how the Tenth Amendment is written, but that's what it says. It says whatever we didn't take, whatever we didn't tell you about in this document, that's the state's problem. Federal government has nothing to do with any of it. So, the, like, the the hypocrisy in these people shouting and yelling and screaming about the 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 Special Olympics being having their funding cut. So first of all, the Special Olympics isn't hurting. They don't need that $18 million. They don't even, I mean, it's not even a, it's not I even think, a blip even, on their radar. I don't even understand how that enters into the discussion though. Like even if they were the most desperate organization on the face of the planet, well, right. the Special Olympics would cease to exist. My opinion wouldn't change. Right, well, agreed. But I'm, I'm I mean, I'm just kind of trying to point out the hypocrisy of it. Like you don't get to, you don't get to, scream and yell that the Special Olympics is not getting the same amount of funding that they got last year or more funding than they got last year. The if, if you're not upset about Autism Speaks and the March of Dimes and Compassion International and World Vision, there's a, I actually looked this up, there's one organization called Ox, Oxfam, I think is what it's called. I'll have to see if I can find the, uh, the, uh, the link to it and post it in the, uh, um, in the, uh, in the show notes. But uh, organization Oxfam, they 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 don't do they don't receive a single penny from from federal funding at all. They don't take any federal funding. In fact, they refuse any attempts for people to bring federal funding their way because they want to maintain their freedom and they want to maintain their integrity. And hey, these are the things we support. These are the things we don't support. We don't want the federal government telling us what we can and what we cannot do. And so this this idea that that somehow the Special Olympics deserves this eighteen million dollars, and it's not it's not that I have anything against federal against Special Olympics because I've actually helped raise money for the Special Olympics in the past. Now I I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I've raised you know millions of dollars or I held some great uh, fundraiser and and saved the local chapter of the Special Olympics, but I participated in the. Um, in the polar plunge here a couple of years ago, I was it was actually done on a dare uh, by my my listeners of my radio show, my terrestrial show, and I did the polar plunge. I think the listeners of the show uh, raised about a thousand dollars for our local uh, chapter, the North Dakota chapter of Special Olympics, and so I don't have anything against Special Olympics. I think it's a great organization. I think it does great work, but it's not the federal government's job to 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 be their funding source in any way, shape, or form. And then I would even argue, as you've said, Noah, that they don't have, not is it that they just don't have the mandate, they don't have the authorization. It's an illegal uh, implementation or an illegal um, disbursement from the federal budget in order to fund this organization. That, that should be something that should be left to the states. And if the 52 chapters of the Special Olympics want to go to their local state governments and request funding from them, I would bet that if you did that, you would actually double or triple that funding then that you're getting from the federal government. Because if every single state across the country says to the, to the, to the uh, Special Olympics, we'll give you a million bucks each, you've now more than doubled 
the funding that you were getting from the federal government. For sure, yeah. You know, and, and so more bang for your buck and, and all that kind of stuff. I just, it, it really irritates me to see the, the, the level of ignorance. And I've got friends that, that are, are going to probably hate me for this, and I'll probably lose a few on Facebook. But the, the honest to God truth is the Special Olympics is, first of all, not the federal government's job. Second of all, they're not hurting. They don't need the money. And and third, even if they did need the money, it's still not the federal government's job to, to fund them. Right. And and so here's the other bit of hypocrisy on this is is when did it become the federal government's job to force me to be generous? Like what if I don't want to give to the Special Olympics? Hmm. What if I'm just straight up a bigoted jackwad jerk? Who doesn't want to give money yeah, to, the special, to the Special Olympics? Your choice. I, I don't have that opportunity anymore. I don't get to say, I don't want to fund the Special Olympics. I am forced by government fiat to, to fund the, the Special Olympics. The same is true with Planned Parenthood. The same is true with, with a multitude of organizations that I may not feel comfortable with. The, the Boy Scouts, the Girl Scouts, the, the, the whatever Scouts, the Transgender Scouts, whatever the, the organization is, I don't want to be generous to those organizations. I shouldn't have to be. And and I, I, I can't seem to figure out for the life of me why people think it is acceptable to force me to be generous. And and here's what it comes down to. What I think I've found, and Noah, tell me if I'm wrong here. What I think I've figured out is that people don't want to be generous with their own money, but they want to be generous with mine. Oh, absolutely. That's what it comes down to. People want me to fund the Special Olympics. They don't want to have to do it themselves. And 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 it's straight up hypocrisy. And and I'm sick and tired of it. And call me evil. Tell me I'm a terrible human being for, for not wanting to, to give $18 million to the Special Olympics. But the truth is, I'm on the right side on this one. And it, it may not be popular, but it's the right thing to do. And, and I, I just can't seem to figure out why people... Um, are so willing to be generous with my money and your money. Um, yeah, but I bet if you did a survey of all the people who posted um, who posted memes on Facebook about how evil Betsy DeVos and Donald Trump are, I bet if you did a, um, uh, a survey of, the, of those people, you would find that very few of them, if any of them, have ever given a penny to Special Olympics. Sure. You know, so anyway, that's that's one of the things that that just has been has been just driving me crazy the last couple of of days as we've I've, I've seen this news come out. Now, in the end, Donald Trump did reverse his decision or or Betsy DeVos's decision. There's a lot of blame going on. I've seen some people say that that Trump blamed Betsy DeVos and it was her organization that wanted to. Um, wanted to to make the cuts, and somebody in the Department of Education blamed it was Trump. And oh, you know, there's a lot of finger pointing and blaming. But like I said, to be honest, I don't care whose fault it was or whose idea it was. It's the right idea. It's the right thing to do, um, unless unless they're willing to pass some sort of constitutional amendment that allows it, and unless they're willing to do to fund every 501c3 at the at the same level because that's that's like where's my money right 
Look, where's 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 the money for Autism Speaks? I've got, like I said, I've got a friend who 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 has a child who's on the autism spectrum. Where's the where's the money for Down syndrome, uh, whatever international? I, I have I have two cousins from, and I think they've both passed away now, but um, two kind of distant cousins that were twins with Down syndrome. And you know, where's the Where's the money for that organization? I've got a friend who runs a a charity that pairs up. Um, uh, variously disabled children with athletes. So um, they like if you're a runner, you can run for whatever child, and and you you can raise money, or or it's just a way to connect with these kids. To it's kind of like a, a sponsor child type of thing, but I don't think there's there's no fee. You know, it's not like a thirty five dollar a month fee. You just you just sign up, connect with these kids, and and you know you post on Facebook and social media, and 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 become friends with them or whatever, right? And, and he started this organization. There's 20-some or 30-some thousand um, athletes paired up with these variously disabled children to kind of live vicariously through the athletes. Where's, where's the federal funding for his organization? Where's the, where's the federal funding for Charity Water, um, an organization that, that builds and, and digs wells in underprivileged com- countries? Where I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. Where do you draw the line and say, hey, you get funding, but you don't, you know, because what it comes down to is it's your pet project. You want your pet project to be to be funded. You want your favorite charity to be funded, but you don't really care about charity. You don't really care about kids. You don't really care about about these various organizations getting the funding. You just don't want to feel bad. That's what that's what comes down to. You don't want to feel bad. Just be honest with yourself and say you, you you actually want to want to feel, you know, good about doing something that you didn't really do. You want to you want to leech off of other people's generosity and get the feel goods from from their generosity. That's what it comes down to. And honestly, I'm just sick of it. I, it's so frustrating because it's it's just such blatant um, and honestly pathetic hypocrisy. And sorry if I'm being a little bit harsh there, but um, unless you've given, you know, eighteen million dollars to to um, to the Special Olympics, shut up. You don't have a you don't have a right to talk. Or even a couple hundred bucks. Well, even a couple hundred bucks, for that matter. But yeah, I just anyway that it's uh, that's rant done there. I want to move on. Spent twenty minutes on ranting about the Special Olympics. Um, the other discussion, uh, no, I want to have. Mm-hmm. Um, is funding to Honduras, Guatemala, uh, a couple mm-hmm. others. Um, I'm not sure. Let me bring up this link. Listen, Trump has the ability to decide. Okay, if I have my choice between not allocating money that isn't isn't uh, isn't part of the Constitution, then right. I, I'll always take not spending that money together. But it, right. but if I don't have that option, and my option is between, for example donating money to Honduras and donating money to inner city Chicago schools, I'd rather spend money on, I'd rather not do either, but if I have to choose, I'd rather donate money to inner city Chicago schools. Yep. Right? So, and the, the thing is, it's, it's really, it's a three-part run. Because on one hand, you've got these people who are, they're shipping, we send money down to Mexico. Then, on the other hand, we take jobs that are in the United States and we send those jobs down 
into Mexico. And then Mexico ships a measurable portion of its unemployable labor back up into the United States. Mm -hmm. So it's a three-part rub for the United States. So right. that's, uh, at some point, what do you say? Listen, if we're sending you all of this money, why is it that you need to, what is the immigration crisis? Right. You've got all this money. Right. And if you're going to have an immigration crisis, you've got to send all these people up to the United States, well, then maybe we should not send you any money. Well, you know, Trump said he wanted to get Mexico to pay for the wall. Right. took me all 30 seconds to figure out how that could work. Right. I'm, yeah, just take I'm taking out your allowance, Mexico. Right, yeah, that's what it comes down to. So the U.S. government, um, under Trump, of course, says they're cutting aid to, according to the article, aid to El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras. Um, now, Honduras, for those that don't know about Honduras, the, um, the um, MS-13 gang is, it was originally, I believe, if I remember correctly, it was originally founded or or had its origins in Honduras. And the the MS-13 people, um, as Donald Trump so accurately called them, are animals. Like like they are they are very much so borderline subhuman individuals. Like these these people just go do a quick Google search for the horrifying crimes of of MS-13. And you will you will learn very quickly that these are not people we want in the United States, and and some would even argue that these are not people we want on this planet, and they I mean it, it is it is some of the most horrifying, disturbing and disgusting things you can ever imagine have been a result of of MS13's uh, gang activity. Um, so what's causing this, or what the what the core of this is, um, there's another surge, there's another wave or, or caravan or whatever of migrants heading this direction. Um, and they are coming mostly from what we can tell, specifically from these three countries, El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras. And so there is also, in addition to this cut, a very high likelihood that Trump's going to actually close the border, uh, um, the, the, the southern border, and just say, nobody's coming in, um, which is... I, I get his his thoughts on that, but again, most of these people aren't coming across at border crossings, right? I mean, these 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 guys. I've actually I don't remember. I had uh, a former um, customs and border patrol agent who actually worked on the southern border for some time as a guest on my radio show a while back, and I need I need to have him on again because he was he was so good and so informative. Um, the, the the problem is they're just streaming across the border in all the open areas along the southern border. So I'm not sure how effective closing the border will be. I think it's the right thing to do. I think we have to at some point say, all right, enough is enough. And and if if the if the left refuses to acknowledge that there is a need for a wall, well, and they say that all the illegal immigration is coming across the the various border crossings, and people are sneaking in or sneaking across the the border that way, then yeah, let's close them all down. Let's just absolutely cut the flow. Nobody comes from from nobody comes from from the uh, nobody comes from the the southern or comes through any of the southern border um, uh, ports of entry <coughs> at all. No matter what, no, I mean, just no matter what, you don't. Nobody gets to come into the to to the southern through the southern border at all, legal, illegal, or anything. And, and then when we still see a, a stream of thousands and thousands of illegal immigrants still coming across the border every day, well, then 
Well, now we can acknowledge that we do have a border crisis. Yes, now we can at least acknowledge that the, there is a, a need for the wall. And I've said this before. I don't know if I've ever said it on the podcast, but I've said it on, on the um, on the terrestrial show quite a bit. Which, if you want to catch the terrestrial show, you can do that. Also, um, all you got to do is go to KNOXradio.com. I'm on thirteen ten KNOX AM and one hundred seven nine KNOX FM. So all you got to do is go to uh, KNOXradio.com and click on the listen live link and you can listen to the to the uh, the other three hours of the Schmidt show every day Monday through Friday so um, that is the the Schmidt show radio show um, and that's how you can get a hold of us there but I've mentioned this many times there what we need is as far as a wall goes is we we don't need a a see-through barrier or you know some sort of you know barbed wire fence or whatever what we need is a great wall of China type of wall like it has to be um, significant. It's got to be something, because here's the problem, right? These people talk about, this is the interesting thing that you'll you'll probably not hear anywhere else, and I don't know that I've heard any other individual talk about this at all. I've not heard any other pundit um, that I listen to. I've not heard it on any other podcast. I might be wrong because I'm not listening to all of them, but I've not heard anybody um, make this suggestion. The problem with all of this high-tech stuff, right? We want drones, and we want cameras and we want electric this that and sensors and 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 all of that kind of thing to to protect the wall the problem with all of that is it requires an incredible amount of maintenance and upkeep and the reason the left wants this stuff is because it gives them an opportunity to spend more money they can spend more money we can hire more people to do um to do the the maintenance for these various equipments and and things like that and make more and more people dependent upon the federal government for their daily living. If if my wages are wrapped up in and my salary is wrapped up in having a government job, maintaining government cameras or flying government drones or maintaining government sensors or patrolling a, a, a border or whatever, I become more dependent on the federal government and then I have to vote for, in order to make sure I keep my job, I have to vote for the party that will spend the most money on my particular industry. This is this is not just oh we want to do it without having the 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 border wall to make me feel bad. We need to build a wall like the Great Wall of China that will stand for a couple thousand years and not have to require regular maintenance to the tune of millions and billions of dollars every year. We need, if it's got to be built out of rocks, mud, and dirt, like they did over in China, then that's how we build it. But for whatever reason, um, we're told that walls don't work. Well, the Great Wall of China has worked for a couple thousand years, or whatever, 1,800 years, or however long it's been around. I think the first iteration of the Great Wall was like in 300 AD or 300 BC or something like that. Again, don't check my numbers on that because I, I don't remember. I'm trying to remember from history class that I took in like fourth grade. So I might be off on the years by a little bit. So anyway, the point being, um, we need a, a wall, a solid barrier that will not require regular maintenance to the tune of millions and billions of dollars. Now, if you want to add cameras on top of that, if you want to do whatever, here's, here's my suggestion. You build the Great Wall of China, on the southern border of the United States or a similar type wall and you build it so that there's an access point um, and essentially you build a highway on top of it. You build it wide enough for two border patrol agent or border patrol vehicles to pass each other. 
so that they can drive up on the top of the wall and patrol it up and down for a couple hundred miles at a time, you know, make a make exit ramps every 50 miles or 20 miles or whatever needs to happen, like you would in interstate. But the only people that are allowed up there are Border Patrol agents. Now, I, and I get that's expensive, and I get that that's going to cost a lot of money, but it's a one-time expense. It's a one-time expense because you're not going to have semis running up and down that thing. So you're not going to have the weight of, of heavy equipment or heavy trucks um, tearing up the roads. There's no need for salt or anything like that to melt the snow and the ice because it doesn't ever snow and, 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 well, that's not true. We got snowed out in Arizona the last couple of weeks ago. So, But you get the point, right? I mean, the, the idea is you build something that gives the Border Patrol agents the best access to patrol that wall with the least amount of ongoing cost. Initial cost up front, I'm willing to spend a little money. But I want, to, I want as little ongoing cost as possible. And here's the other thing that you can do. If you build that wall like that and you make it an impenetrable wall, and, and if necessary, you build it with um, you know, seismic sensors down into the ground and you bury that thing 20 feet down in the dirt so they have to dig into the, the, the ocean in order to get through it or get underneath it or tunnel under it, fine, so be it. But spend the money and build it right and then we don't have the ongoing cost. So the other thing that happens with that is if you can have, you know, 10 border agents patrolling the southern border for, a, for every 100-mile section or 200-mile section or whatever the number is, now all of a sudden we don't need 5,000 border agents on the payroll. And I know there's border agents out there that are going to be, well, but what about my job? Well, this is exactly what I'm talking about. If we can do it with, with 1,000 border agents and be just as effective, that saves the country thousands and hundreds of thousands and maybe even millions of dollars. It saves hundreds of thousands in vehicle maintenance, and we can sell off a bunch of the Border Patrol vehicles we need. We can sell off a few Border <clears throat> Patrol planes that we don't need anymore, and we can get rid of a few pilots that we don't need anymore, and on and on and on the list goes where we are saving money by building the southern border wall. Am I off, Noah? Am I... Am I no, you're not. I, I do think, though, to a certain degree, there are people that it's got to be a mixture of both, right? And I, oh, I, I agree. I, you know, I, I know you and yep. I have had because I've got a, a good friend of mine is a is a customs border patrol agent, and and um, I know that that his opinion and uh, and the opinion of your friend who works at customs and border patrol they have different opinions, right? right? And both of them work for that organization, so both yep. of them know a lot more than you or I do, right? Uh, but his opinion is that a wall is useless and meaningless and that a physical barrier doesn't do much because the vast majority of people are tunneling. And so that, like you say, the electronic equipment is, is, is what is going to detect that. And then his theory is that we need to pair that then with enforcement. So when those sensors go off, we've got somebody mm. to deploy. Because according to him right now, we don't have the sensors and we don't have the people to back it up even if we had the sensors. Right. It doesn't do any good to have motion detectors. Right. There's nobody there. You know, the nearest... Border Patrol agent is 70 miles away. Right. Doesn't really do any good. Yeah. By the time they get there, it's too late. They've already made it. Here's a thought for you. Okay. What if we, uh, what if we built the wall and put train tracks on it and called it an infrastructure project? Ooh. The left loves infrastructure projects. Yeah, they do. We could even sell souvenirs, and you could have like a little, like the little angled glass looking down for all the people trying to climb over the wall. Right. You could like it could be like fan. You know, you could take your picture with somebody trying a border jumper. I'd, I'd be okay with the I'd be okay with the train track. It's an infrastructure project. Yeah. 
Now, now we know, you know, in fact, the whole thing could be, it could be an electric rail. And then a you, solar powered electric rail. And you could have, they should love that. You could have border patrol agents riding on a train. Absolutely. With yeah. machine guns and rocket launchers. Well, and, they probably don't need it. I, my, the way I'm visioning is be like a 70 foot high wall. You don't really need it. I mean, they wouldn't even be able to throw something that high. Well, yeah, but I mean, how are the border patrol agents going to get target practice in if they don't have anybody to shoot at? Squirt guns. Oh, all right. Oh, fair yeah. enough. But yeah, no, the, I, the, the, the honest to God truth is, and, and I would agree that it needs to be paired with both, right? Like right. there, there has to be some of, combination, right? Of, it ha, of there has version. to be some of the electronics, but I want to, I want to minimize the, the, the ongoing cost as much as possible. And, and you and I, I, I think you, I think, I think you're always going to find that there's going to be less ongoing maintenance cost with electronics than with human beings, right? Because the second, the second, I mean, the human being, you're paying that human being 100% of the time. Right. You're, you're, it's 100% maintenance. Right. Whereas the computer probably has a two-year maintenance cycle, a four-year maintenance cycle, right. a five-year, 10-year maintenance cycle, depending on what the equipment right. is. But that's how you, that's what I'm saying. That's where you go with the, with the, <laughs> the fewer border patrol agents by creating a, a, mm-hmm. a, an effective border wall and, or call it a barrier, call it whatever, but you, you lessen the amount and the reliance on the actual agents. And like say, pairing cameras and pairing, you know, sensors and things like that, you know, I would, I'm, I'm all for the idea of the seismic sensors along the wall sure. to, to protect the wall. But the other thing is you don't just build a wall on top of the ground, right? I mean, you build the wall, but you, but you also bury it, mm-hmm. if necessary, 20 feet down in the ground. So you build a 50-foot wall that's 30 feet above the ground and 20 feet below the ground. And you and in the places like through the mountains and things like that, you just bury it down to the bedrock. You know, you bury it down to the, the to the granite base of the mountain or whatever it's it's sitting on top of. Problem solved. You know, you're not gonna I lived in Colorado Springs and we used to drive up into the Rocky Mountains and there was one section of, of the of the the trail that we used to go on. It was just a essentially just a solid granite wall solid granite face 800 or 1000 feet high and there's no way you're digging through that like it's it's i mean unless you've got some sort of of you know diamond tipped you know tunneling machine Let me ask you this so the 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 argument against a lot of this stuff is that they don't want to allocate money just for a border wall because they, they don't think it's worth the money. Right. And you and I can't even really come to a conclusion of where the best place to spend the money is. Right. Okay, how about this? We still do. We still do operations in Afghanistan and Iraq, right? right? And so it's important to know that those weapons and 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 systems function in sandy desert-like environments, right? Right. Yep. Why don't we just build a gigantic military base along the southern border? Mm. Just build a big military base, and yeah. it can be used as a training compound. You know, kind of like in the one they have yeah. in Vegas. Yeah. Uh, just have a tra- training compound for desert operations, and let let the military just train there. Yeah. And then have a pass through the military. The problem is with that, like I think the problem you've got with that is you're you're talking two, three thousand miles, you know, from from ocean to ocean. You know, I mean, and there's already a few on the southern border. You know, there's a couple in Texas and and things like that. So I I get, yeah, I get the. I'm just saying, like, is there a way that we can repurpose that space to be used for something that that can be used for something that, that by vocation, right? We can use that space for something else. And at the same time, it just happens to have the effect of, of because you know, the reason I think about that, 
there's not really a crisis anytime there's a large populated city, right? Right? Because you know, you pay attention to people coming across. It's it's these vast open areas that don't have anything really covering it or anything really there to notice. Right. What's going on? That's how we get to seismic sensors and stuff. So let me just change that and put some infrastructure there. So here's the <coughs> let me let me run this by you as we're as we're brainstorming solving the world's problems with immigration. Um, how about we build not only the wall on top with a highway that people can drive on, you know, a, a, essentially a, a raised interstate that people can drive back and forth on, with one lane cordoned off specifically only for Border Patrol. And then underneath, we build a tunnel. We build a rail from San Diego to Houston. Oh, sure. And do the first high-speed rail yep. kind of do, thing. Do a high-speed rail from San Diego to Houston. Um, you're talking, let me let me get up the numbers here. I don't know. Just along the border, right? Like underneath the sure. wall. Um, I'm trying to get the, the Google Maps up here to get me directions from San Diego to Houston. To well, it wouldn't matter because it would be as the crow flies anyway. Well, right. But I mean, you get a rough idea that, you know, from San yeah, Diego 18, to... 1,800 miles, 1,900 miles. Yeah, I would from, guess. from San Diego to Houston is about... Um, yeah, as the crow flies, about 1,500 miles. Yeah. So um, now, of course, you'd have to go south. You know, once you get to El Paso, you'd have to go south and away from Houston because Houston's kind of up higher in the Gulf. But you get what I'm saying, right? I mean, we just build a we build a high-speed rail from, from border to border underneath. And actually, I would go from Houston to Phoenix and then Phoenix to San Diego. Oh, that would work. Yeah, yeah, because then you then you, you make another you make another stop. You can make essentially a loop around the United States. Yeah, you know, and you just could. start work. Mm-hmm. You could, you really could go because so if you if you start at down there, what is it um, down there at the very tip of of uh, is it Brownsville mm-hmm. down there at the I think it's very tip of and southern tip of Mexico. I think is Brownsville or uh, southern tip of Texas is Brownsville, Texas, and that's where McAllen. I think it's McAllen Air Force Base is down there. Sure. Um, so you, you start there, you know, at South Padre Island, mm-hmm. follow the border up to, uh, you know, El Paso across to, to Phoenix over to San Diego. Then you go from San Diego up to, uh, you know, Seattle, Portland, yep. up that area. Yep. Then you run across the Southern or across the Northern border from, uh, Seattle to, uh, Minneapolis, Minneapolis Chicago, yep. Detroit over to, uh, to New York city. Yep. Down to Miami. From Miami up around to Atlanta, um, from Atlanta over back to Houston, from Houston down to Brownsville, you got, and then you could run a couple of rails, you know, through sure. the middle of the country too. High yeah. speed rail, there you go, problem solved. And uh, I could get on board with that. I would. I actually, I I could get on board with that. You run a you run a subway. Can you imagine if you could drive to Minneapolis and then within I don't know two hours be in San Diego? Yeah, how great would that be? I would. I'd actually be okay with that. I would. I would. I would definitely be. Okay with that. So there's you go. There you go. We just solved the border problem. We build a a, a rail or a, sorry, a high speed rail under the ground to block anybody digging under, t- tunneling under, and then we dig or build a an interstate raised on top of it, and uh, and uh, we build it, use it for a wall. So problem solved. I'm on no, board. I think Noah, you and I just solved the, uh, the border issue. So, <laughs> all right, I want to wrap up with this. I want to I want to kind of finish up the discussion with the with the issue of 
Uh, are we streaming to the website, by the way? We are. To the Schmidtshow.com? We are. We're on the Schmidtshow.com. I just forgot. Are we streaming the video or just the or We just the, are streaming the your room. beautiful face. Nice. So I'm, I'm excited about this. That's from the website? Mm-hmm. Man, that looks good. Man, I'm a handsome dude, aren't I? You are. <laughs> no, nah, it's, it's just the studio that makes you look good. That's all. It is the studio that makes me good. Is it, well, <laughs> is it just me or is it the studio? Um, anyway, this is um, the next discussion as we're, we're wrapping up the uh, episode 32 and special funding. Um, Jesse Sm- or Jussie. It's is it Jussie? He lost the right to be called Jussie. Now it's now he's just Jesse. He's just Jesse. Yeah. Like I, I've decided, Mister Smollett. No, I think that's Jesse. almost too respectful. Yeah, Jesse. Um, trash bag human being, Smollett. Well, I'm just gonna call him Pinkman. Pinkman. <laughs> yeah, but I liked Jesse Pinkman. Yeah, well, like you actually felt bad for that kid towards the end. Yeah, just call him Tuco. Cause, anyway, because so nobody the, the, nobody liked Tuco. Anyway, so back to the gay Tuco. <laughs> so, um, Mr. Tupac, gay yeah. Tupac, that's what it is. The Smollett character. Yeah. Um, of course, stages a a hate crime, which is proven pretty um, conclusively. No, nah, he staged a hate yeah, crime. Yeah, pretty pretty yeah. conclusively to be. A, a false flag operation, if you will. Um, guy gets away with it. All charges dropped. Even the even the the uh, the prosecutor that dropped the charges said, "Look, it's not that he's not guilty. We just didn't want to press charges." Is basically what he said. Right now, I'm again, of course, I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said, "Yeah, we know he's guilty. We just didn't care and didn't want to press charges because we got pressure from whoever we got pressure from to to not do it." Um, and this of course brings us to the discussion of white privilege. Um, I, I posted a link to an article from the American thinker called the lies. This is in the, uh, in the show notes, um, which you can access by going to podcast.theschmidtshow.com or just going to the schmidtshow.com. And looking in the various episodes, you can, if you subscribe to it on your podcast, um, on whatever you use, whether it's iTunes or, or Google Play Store or Pocket Cast or whatever other Stitcher, whatever other program that you use to do your podcast, in the show notes, you'll see various links to um, these articles. And he does a pretty good job of laying out the lies and and misinformation as it relates to white privilege. And I want to I want to kind of just put in perspective for people what white privilege is really saying. When when you make claims of white privilege, they they try to use this, right? Usually what white privilege, I think it was Ben Shapiro that said white white privilege is a is a BS argument that that says shut up because you're not one of the minority groups who's actually privileged and we don't want to hear from you. Um, and I, I don't remember the exact quote from Shapiro, but it was along those lines. And what, what I found is that when people start claiming white privilege, what they're actually saying is stop being racist. They're, they're accusing you of being a racist when they say things like check your privilege or, or whatever it is that you, that you need to do with your privilege in order to, 
be a better human being or whatever it is, right? And so the the idea of white privilege or believing, I should say, in the idea of white privilege makes you, in my opinion, and I think I can prove factually that you actually are the one who is racist. If you say, well, that's because you have white privilege or it's because so-and-so didn't have white privilege that they weren't able to succeed. Essentially, what that says is, Noah, because you're half Indian, you are the Hig, um, the half Indian guru. I am. You are not bestowed with white privilege, even though we know from. Actually, no, you know, I've, I've, you know, it's funny about that. White privilege actually has nothing to do with being white. It has to do with uh, your belief system. If you believe a certain way, then you're white. So right. for, I'll give you an example. Who's the Department of Home, uh, the uh, head of uh, HUD? Oh, uh, Ben uh, Ben Carson. Carson. Yep. He is not black. Like, he looks right. black on TV. Oh, yeah. They, and he self-identifies yep. as black. Yeah. And, you know, his bio- biology shows that he is African-American. But, in fact, he's not. Right. He's white. Actually, and he I has white he, privilege. I think he would tell you that he's not African-American. <laughs> He just is, say he's American. He's he well. Black I, think, American. I think he says he's he is black with African. Well, he's wrong. He's, he's black with African heritage. Yeah. He, he's wrong. He's uh, he's white. Well, <clears throat> um, I did. And, I, you uh, know, and the left has decided that he's white. Speaking of that, I actually I did an interview with Walter Williams one time, um, and I don't know um, for those that don't know who Walter Williams is, he is a genius, genius economist, and one of the smartest guys you'll ever meet. He's actually filled in for Rush Limbaugh from time to time. Um, the dude is just absolutely top notch one of the coolest interviews i've ever got to do and he is black and i asked him one time i said i mentioned in the interview i mentioned something about the you know the african-american i said look i said i'm a i'm a i'm a dumb white hick from north dakota like like my family is whiter than sour cream like there's there is there is very little um that i understand about black culture or african-american culture whatever and he says wait wait first of all I'm not African-American. I wasn't born in Africa. I've never lived in Africa. I have nothing to do with Africa. I am black. I'm an American with African heritage, but I am not an African-American. I am, I am black. I actually, I actually did, um, I did some limo driving for a very, very short time. I, I helped a, a friend out who had a, uh, a limo business and uh, picked up a guy from South Africa one time, white dude from South Africa. And he was talking about, he he always chuckles about the whole when when Americans talk about being African American, and he says I've he says I'm from South Africa. I'm more African than any African American in this country. <laughs> and so anyway, um, to to bring this back around, so the idea of white privilege. If you actually subscribe to and believe the idea of white privilege is a thing, you actually are the racist. You. Noah are Indian or half Indian, mm-hmm. and and therefore you do not, you you do not reap the benefits of white privilege like I do, even though the average Indian family in mm-hmm. the United States earns on the average a hundred thousand dollars a year plus, and the average white family in America earns about sixty thousand dollars a year plus. So even though your heritage has a tendency to earn. Um, about forty thousand dollars a year more. You don't have the privilege that I enjoy 
as being white. See, they and, would tell you that I do. They would the, tell you that they would tell you that I, I because of my belief system, I do, I do, uh, I have white privilege. Well, but the other side of it though is the only reason you don't have the privilege is that I have is because I, in my whiteness, mm-hmm. have not been so kind as to bestow those privileges upon you. Right. The only reason black people, in the minds of those who 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 buy into this BS argument of white privilege, the only reason. Black people are not successful and cannot succeed is because white people won't allow them to. They're right. not they're not smart enough, they're not skilled enough, they're not they're not talented enough to overcome the obstacles that white people have put in their way. And if white people only in their kindness, in their generosity, bestow some privilege upon the black people, then they can see, then they can succeed. Mm-hmm. How racist do you have to be to actually believe that the only way a minority can succeed is if you in your whiteness give them sort of some sort of privilege mm-hmm. that you have access to that they don't? Sure. Like you if you actually buy into the idea that black people can't succeed because white privilege is a thing, you are, by definition, a racist. Like, you you genuinely believe that, white, that black people can't succeed mm-hmm. unless white people allow them to. Like, if you actually believe that... The, 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 like, look, there isn't a black man on this planet there isn't a, a an Asian man, an Indian man, a a, a Russian man. A, a, I mean, pick any minority you can think of. Mm-hmm. There is not a human being on this planet that needs anything from me in order to succeed. Sure. Like, how arrogant do you have to be? Beyond racist. Like, how arrogant do you have to be to to claim that the only way you can succeed is if I allow you to? Mm-hmm. That 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 I am so sick and tired of this uh, this idea that that it is the it is the white privilege that we as white people bestow on black people that they are allowed to succeed or are they able to succeed. Right. I look around and I see some of the most successful black people in the world, and I think I had nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. I had nothing to do with with Morgan Freeman becoming one of the most successful black actors in the history of, of Hollywood. Right. He built that. I had, he did. (laughs) (laughs) I had, I had nothing to do with Ben Carson becoming the, the, the foremost uh, brain surgeon in the entire world. Yeah. He built that. He did that all by himself. I didn't have anything to do with that. And there wasn't a white person in the world that bestowed anything upon him. Mm-hmm. Ben Carson, through his own merit and hard work and overcoming any obstacles that may have been in his way, mm-hmm. was able to succeed because he's Ben Carson. Right. And it has nothing to do with his color or his skin and the color of my skin or anybody else's skin or or ethnicity or, or race or any of that. And like I said, so in the end, the only thing that a black person needs to succeed is to be themselves and be willing to work for it. And, and if you believe that, that it is somehow your white privilege that prevents them from succeeding, you need to get a, a, first of all, you need to get your ego in check and then you would need to acknowledge your own racism and realize that, Hey, guess what? It's not 
the the white privilege that you've bestowed on them. It's that they were able to succeed in spite of your ignorance and idiocy. So anyway, uh, with that, no, I think we are willing or we are ready to wrap things up here on the Schmidt Show. Anything you want to add to that? Uh, as apparently, a, a non-white person, apparently, if privilege? Trump shuts down the border, that's going to end uh, the U.S. supply of avocados. So if you enjoy avocado toast, you probably should put up with illegal immigrants. Isn't avocado, isn't that what they use to make guacamole too? Yeah. So They need to shut the border down now. You don't like guacamole? Guacamole is disgusting. Avocados are gross. All right, we're going to have that discussion off Avocados are disgusting. There's something wrong with you. And on that bombshell, it's time. I'll help you. It's time to end. I'm here to help.